as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Impala Alright everyone, welcome to a very special Salt Lake Comic Con Fan X edition of the Bored as Hell podcast. I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot. I am Brooke Heim with the Future Not Entirely Perfect podcast. And I'm Andy Wilson with Big Shiny Robot, a.k.a. Citizen Bot. Uh, and we're here to talk about two movies. We've got My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, which I will do a very quick review on because we want to talk about Batman v Superman. And after that, we're going to wrap up with... Uh, all of us were panelists this year at Sully Comic Con. Uh, we have about one day left, so we still have a bit more to do. But we want to quickly talk about uh, the favorite panels we were on, kind of the fun we're having... Uh, and it's I have it a blast, so I'm very excited to get into that. But first, and as I promised, quickly, my big fat Greek wedding two. This movie feels longer than Batman v Superman. Oh, oh. it is an hour less runtime. Um, I literally got out of that movie thinking it was nine fifteen and it was eight thirty. We went in at seven. That's so uh, sad. I liked the first one. I was one of three people in the whole world who loved Connie and Carla. All I can say is this. I am the second of the three people. Brooke is, and my husband who's over there listening to Matt Smith sing about murdering people is the third. Yay. Um, but this movie is essentially the first movie all over again, except we find out that her parents were never married in the first place because the priest who married them had not passed all of his schooling for that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. And they then there's the whole quest to get them married again, and they're bickering. Uh, and Joey Fatone is gay. Oh. Yay. Yeah. Okay. This, uh, so diversity! Woo! Diversity. It's the same jokes over and over again. Her big, fat Greek, her big, fat Greek family being obnoxious, wears itself thin five minutes in. Uh, if you like the first one, you'll probably like this one. Uh, if you don't mind, it's a lot of rehash. Your mom will love it. Your grandma will love <laughs> Your it. Your mom. I didn't love it, though. I'm going to four. Nah. Okay. That's enough to say about that. Yeah. On to Batman v. Superman. Batman v. Superman. Um, just so you know, <coughs> dear pa- podcast listeners, this is going to be a not safe for work episode. Oh, yeah. I should have prefaced that with yeah, the Yeah, I was just going to throw that in before we start talking about Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot. Yeah. Because yeah. I will not be safe for work. God damn. Yeah. Adam, Adam and Brooke have been drinking, and I am high on cough syrup. So mm. it's way, it's good times all around, and we're going to say some crazy shit. And Badger's over here being weird, so. Can I say something to start this review off with? You may. Ben Affleck. If you're listening... And he is. He is. Because we're the only ones saying nice things about his movie. Of course you are. I love you. You are my Batman for always and forever. And I love you. And in case you're sad, because I heard you were sad, I love you. You, And you can just... You can chain broken me up to you and do pull-ups and we'll just stare. We are here for you. And you are Batman. I'm Batman. So, Batman v Superman... Batman v Superman, just to give you a quick plot synopsis, because uh, there are some things that weren't ruined in the trailer, I don't want to give that away. Um, starts at, at the end of the first movie, but from Bruce Wayne's perspective, being in Metropolis, which is for some reason across the bay from Gotham. Haven't figured that one out yet. Um, okay, I had a real problem with that. Like, a real <laughs> problem with that. Like, all the citizens from Metropolis are like, the fuck is that light in the sky? <laughs> I know. Hey, Dan! Hey, Dan! It's back! I'm here! Get everyone out of the building! <laughs> Not so, your fault, Ben, but come on! Yeah, so 
And again, we're, we're going to gripe about some stuff. Um, I don't know what Brooke thought 100% yet, but overall, I did like the movie. But it starts out with Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne kind of reliving the last moments of Man of Steel, and you find out why he's distrustful and really angry at Superman because people from Wayne Industries were in these buildings that were being destroyed and everything else. So, flash forward a bit later, Superman's kind of being revered as a god among Metropolis, and... Uh, Again, Batman doesn't trust him. Some weird stuff happens. People get killed. And so he has it out for him. In the meantime, Lex Luthor, played by a screeching Jesse Eisenberg, <laughs> who I can't blame Jesse Eisenberg because he's the only person having fun in this movie. I do blame the writers for writing the character that way. Um, and he actually is a pretty manipulative evil bastard as you kind of get through everything going on. Um, puts a plan in place to put the two gods together, the god titan together, to fight to the death. And then unleashes hell in the form of Doomsday, which again isn't a spoiler because it's in the sequel. Wonder Woman shows up to save the day, and I won't say what happens next, but then we get five Lord of the Rings endings like we did with Return of the King. Wow. And you're kind of left sitting there. I, I was sitting next to Brian Young, who if you won a big shiny robot, you, you did see our review, and um, so you're already aware of how much he hated it. But I can't count the number of times we would look over and be, the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it does work. Anyway, so I've been talking too much. Brooke, you, you, you fill us in on some stuff now. Okay, so I had some fundamental... Like, this is the first movie that I have sat in and taken notes during because... Really? I could, yeah, I couldn't get into oh, wow. it. So I was taking notes on things that just didn't make any fucking sense to me. So, the night before, I watched Man of Steel four times while I worked on a puzzle. So I was pretty familiar with Man of Steel. Whoa. Like, over and over. I know, it was a little bit ridiculous. So but, it was a 16-hour puzzle? <laughs> Well, the puzzle's not done yet. Oh, whoa! <laughs> I hate yeah. puzzles, so yeah. Except so for the, except for the bar. So I I thought like I knew fundamentally that Batman was pissed off that Superman was like destroying the city. The first five minutes, like, so they get into Batman's origin story, which they could have done in thirty seconds instead of twenty minutes. Actually, I don't think it was that long. But and it also, was, the it question was really is, well drawn. Like, yeah, who have we seen shot more, the Waynes? Or Uncle Ben from Spider Man. The Wings. Spider-Man. The Wings. I think, right? I don't know, because I feel like I've seen it every single movie. Every single movie. movie, yeah. It just happens over and over. Like the placement of the gun with the necklace was nice. That touch. was beautiful. I'll, yeah. I'll give it I, that. I really liked that. The bats were like, there's, the dream sequences were the only things that were new, but they were so unexplained. Well, like, they just they didn't give us what we needed to know. From, from what they were trying... Like, they were trying to encompass so much in these weird dream sequences. So, anyways. Well, one of the dream sequences was explained to me later by our good friend Jeremiah about what it could portend for the future. And I'm not yeah. going to say anything because that's something something you should see. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they're, they're, they're foreshadowing really cool things, right? But I just feel like... I fell asleep during this movie. Oh, honey. I know. There was a point... And it was a Ben scene. And I, I love you. I love him so much. I, I bet you had pleasant dreams. Yeah, well, they were better than the movie. Yeah. So, I fell asleep. Clean up row three. <laughs> and I will say that I liked the movie. Like, for as, as frustrated, I think they could have cut a good 35 to 45 minutes of really slow, really drawn out plot segments that only built to one point. When they were trying to like really encompass a lot of things, and it was, I will go it was frustrating to me. One step further, and I will tell you that much like with the King Kong remake by Peter Jackson, you can buy your ticket, 
go get dinner and come back an hour later and step into this movie and you will not miss a damn thing. Not miss a thing. Okay, so so we get to the party scene, right? There's this party scene and you've got Superman there and Batman there. And they go head to head. Why the fuck is Batman going to the same party that Clark Kent is going to when he's a filler fluff writer for the fucking newspaper? He wouldn't have been at that party. There's no reason for him to be at that party. Because Lex Luthor wanted them to, and now the two cities are right Lex next to Luther each other. Lex Luthor wouldn't so. have known who he was. Oh, that's true. Wow. Uh, I don't know. Again, like the character as portrayed by Jesse Eisenberg, I have a problem. Like I said, he's very grating. He's almost like an over-the-top Mark Zuckerberg from The Social Network. Yeah. But, I liked him because he's creepy. Like, I've had a lot of employees like that, and they really are slimy, creepy yeah. motherfuckers. But he so. really, he really is... The more I thought about it, a maniacal, evil bastard who had who had fully planned all of this out. And the more I think about what he's done, the more I like his plan he put in place because it was that just nasty and evil. And out I there. feel like that's true, but I think that through all the universes, Clark Kent really does do a good job of hiding who he is. You know, Bruce Wayne, not so much. Like if you're really paying attention, with apparently no one in all of Gotham is paying any attention to anything, regardless of how many people they keep. I, I did like that line where he's like, it was just standard in Gotham. <laughs> like, I thought that was really funny. Well, but. but also, to be fair, no one in New York does either, because Henry Cavill wandered around New York with a Superman shirt on, and no one knew who the hell he was. Yeah. So, I, I guess we can't really blame them too no. much, because we do the same thing. I, it was just, I think that was a really thin, like, that they just jumped to it. They're like, oh, hey, I'm going to put these two head to head. Like, And then, and Wonder Woman shows up, Gal Gadot, like absolutely stole the show for me because oh she every second she was on screen even when she wasn't Wonder Woman she was fun and invigorating and exciting that dress that she wore the white one oh my god yeah, the only the only one who wore white dress better was Haley Atwell in Agent Carter oh. as far as I'm concerned I don't I don't know I love Agent Carter but I am obsessed with Gal Gadot right now like I don't know I well to put it very very bluntly was I was watching it and um, I was like mm, them titties though and someone in the room was like but you're gay I'm like Ain't nobody that gay. Ain't nobody that gay. (laughs) I am not, yeah. So So, those are the things we griped about. Let me, let's talk about what we liked. Okay. Um, Really fast. Well, and then we gotta go back, we gotta talk about, like, feminist issues. Yeah, we'll do, because there's a lot. Let's let's do feminist issues first so we can end on a positive note. Okay. Okay, so let me get into them. First of all, Holly Hunter's point in this movie, and she's a, she's a beautiful woman. Yes. I love her as an actress. Her role in this movie was to be served a cup of his piss. Batman's? No, Lex Luthor's. <laughs> and and to be degraded. Like that that is her role is to to further his plot. Yeah, your 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 role here is to act against a jar of pee. Yeah. That that is your role. Then we have Lois Lane. Who was a lovely prop. Who was a lovely prop. Like I'll be honest, I've never been a huge fan of Lois Lane, just because, like, I don't know. I just... I, I liked her in Man of Steel because... I like what they did with her in Man of Steel, but, like, traditionally, like, the Lois Lane character, I've just never been a big fan of it, but I feel like she was really wronged in this movie because her only point was to be saved and to be saved and to be saved she was just, and to be saved. She was damseled three times. Yeah. And the most important scene that she had, which clearly explained my problem with every action hero movie she was naked and sitting in a tub and no one knew what the fuck she was saying because all they could think was titties. Well I did because I wasn't thinking titties. Yeah. I, I you, was recognizing there were lovely titties on the screen but it. I wasn't obsessed with them. 
And and it's sad because that that point that at what cost are we doing <coughs> these things? I think was one of the most beautiful points that they made in the entire movie, and it was completely overshadowed by the fact that they <laughs> overshadowed by the fact that they had her naked in a bathtub. And I I don't. And then you go to Wonder Woman, who is beautiful and stunning and steals the screen every time that she is on there, but she does nothing but stare at screens. Until the very end of the movie when she suddenly becomes this badass. And I get it, because she explains very clearly, I gave up on humanity. Which we need to know, but... And, and there her is... Role, <clears throat> oh my god, she keeps going at it and keeps going at it. And he's like purposely throwing around Superman and Batman and just like like little play toys. Like, boo, 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 boo. And Wonder Woman is like, fuck you. Here's my sword. Here's my fucking halo of truth, which, oh my god, that moment was so fucking awesome. <laughs> oh! And then she's this badass, and then the movie's over. Yeah. And it's like, why didn't we get this the whole time? Why wasn't she fundamentally helping Batman? And then you've got the mom, Martha. Yeah, she's always been a strong character. She's always been a strong mother, which is a fantastic... I just think every woman in this movie was a plot for, like a, not even a plot. They were just a prop for men. Every single woman. And there just weren't even that many of them. And it's really disappointing because they were very strong characters who could have been strong throughout the movie. Yeah, so, and we were talking about this last night when we were hanging with some friends. And one thing they brought up was that... You know, Lois Lane was very much an invention of the time when they created Batman Superman, and it was kind of the quote-unquote woman's place to be the damsel, to be the one. And yeah. so, it maybe, you know, and I don't... But all other characters have progressed. Yeah. And, and some they were saying, well, maybe it was they were trying to portray that. I'm like, no, Zack Snyder wasn't that smart. Yeah, I like Zack Snyder, but he's not that smart to do that in this movie. Well, but look at, look at his other films where... He has done a lot of that same thing. Look at 300 and uh, Lena Headey's character in there. Like, there was way more that they could have done with that. And, I don't know, I felt like she was kind of just a sex object. And yeah. there are other problems like that. They, I will say this. Sorry, I'm breaking hey. into your conversation. Hey, Eddie. Welcome. Hey, Eddie. They brought up you. <laughs> they brought up the fact that we had... The Superman animated series in the early 90s, coinciding with the Batman series, where they took Lois Lane and put her in a position of, I'm in charge, and this is what I do, and yes, sometimes she would get herself into trouble, but but she she could also get herself out of it sometimes, too, without In this movie, she couldn't, and that was really frustrating to me, because I, like, Man of Steel, I started to like Lois Lane as a character. And could associate with that. Because they proved why she was such a great investigative journalist. And Amy Adams yeah, is like fantastic, journalist. right? She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But, and again, that's that the thing we've been saying was that it's very, I wouldn't say, I don't know if I'd say it's anti feminist, but I'd say it very much doesn't even care about the fact that. It's definitely halting progress. I, I don't think Zack Snyder, like, gives a rat's ass what feminism is. No. I mean, I don't think any of his. Zack Snyder just, basically just came out after the reviews and basically said, I don't give a rat's ass what any of you think. Oh, so. well, that's good, too. But, I mean, his movies are so testosterone-filled. And, I that, mean, okay. there's a place for that. But this was an opportunity. This is a major tentpole movie 
and they should have done it better. We can demand more. You know that I like dick flicks. Yeah, oh no, I do. I'm a huge fan of them. Yeah. Dick flicks should not put you to sleep. Yep. It should not take two hours and 30 minutes to tell what and you could tell God in 45 minutes. With that R rated like, Blu ray cut that's a half hour longer. Oh, Jesus. Whew. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't review Blu rays, uh, but Brooks, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> um, anyway, so, but here, I want to go back to. What we like. And you know, there's note. a lot that we like about this movie. So, uh, another great way that a friend of mine put it was this movie is like a freight train. It takes forever to get going, and it takes forever. To get going, but once it does, it's like a runaway ride that nothing can stop, and we're just along for the ride to see what happens, and it will blow you away. And you love the ride. Yes, I mean the actual when you when you do finally get the the Batman and Superman fights, they're fantastic. I mean it's knocked down, throw down, throw down, dragged out, beat him up, you know, cut him up. It's it's just out there. Of course, because Zack Snyder is a kinetic action film director who knows how to shoot the hell. Out of an action sequence. Yeah, I feel like this movie was confused as to what it was trying to be. Like, am I telling a really good story or am I being an action story? And the action parts got it right. Yeah. And in the hands of a better director, and even though I am a Zack Snyder fan, uh, again, one of the three people, including Lee George Cage, who Cade, who likes Sucker Punch, uh, you know, it's... Yeah, it's he's trying to tell two stories and he's not very good at doing either one because um, he doesn't fully commit to either one. Yeah. But when, like, again, the, the action sequences with Batman and Superman are awesome. Uh, the final showdown with Doomsday, which again is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. Even though Doomsday didn't look that great, I think there's better CGI. Um, that was fun because again, Wonder Woman came in, was a complete badass. Wonder Woman. And then they ended it with something, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I won't go into that. I will say that the training sequence of. Ben Affleck as Batman will be in my dreams forever and ever and ever. And when Gal Gadot shows up, like oh, the first time like, as Wonder when Woman she shows up, bone. oh my god! Like I seriously thought I needed to go change my clothes. Like I couldn't, I couldn't handle this movie. It was people cheered so, in the theater. Yeah. I was cheering. Like I couldn't handle myself. It was so amazing and so beautiful. Right after Ben, and he's like, I'm gonna fucking like pull up. The entire world from my waist, like fucking Atlas. Like it was so amazing. It was so amazing. And the one thing we've we've touched on, we haven't <laughs> fully dived, dived into, was everyone who was hating on Ben Affleck for being Batman. Oh, screw you guys! He, he's amazing. He is one of my favorite Batman right now. I don't know. Again, Kevin Conroy will always hold a place in my heart. But yeah. He blows Christian Bale out of the water. Oh, oh I'm yeah, so excited. Guy. And Jeremy Irons is Alfred, who was a, like a really catty kind of right? fun version of that. Oh, I'm, he was so yeah. good. <sighs> so, Here's the Alfred who's been dealing with this for 20 they, years. When did they announce Ben as Batman? Over Three a year ago. ago. No, like, right when they announced him. Two years ago. Yeah, I, I want to go back to my Facebook post where I adamantly defend him as Batman every single time and everyone's like oh no because Daredevil well I loved Daredevil he wasn't the problem because Daredevil because it was so. an amazing movie for the time that it came out and uh, uh, yeah so do yourselves a favor and see this movie but get there an hour late so <laughs> we've bitched we've moaned we've ranted we've raved let's give it a final judgment Brooke where you at? 7 out of 10 I'm, I'm actually 100% 7 out of 10 and every single time I, you know, hop online, you see people hating on it, and I kind of dive, dive a bit deeper. Then someone's like, oh, remember when this happened? And I was like, I can't. So, 
7 out of 10. It's by nowhere, anyway, close to a perfect movie or even a great movie. But it is definitely a good movie that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. So. Awesome. And now, because we've been talking nonstop. That's funny. Andy. <laughs> Andy. So, uh, again, Comic-Con, Sully Comic-Con, fan experience. Uh, it's been a, it's our second day here. We're at the Monaco. It's been a blast. Um, it's just been a ton of fun. We've all been on panels. We've all been panelists. Uh, and let's take turns quickly talking about the, our favorite panel we've been on uh, and just kind of what it was about and who you were with and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, I loved our Captain America yes. panel panel. Yes. It was called Captain America the Panel. So uh, it was just the right group of people to discuss Captain America. One of whom was Sir not appearing in this panel, Fabian Necheza, who was a no-show. Which was okay, because at the last minute, our moderator uh, of the amazing Carrie Jackson uh, called up Dr. Paul White. Who's uh, amazing, and we love you for listening to our podcast, Paul. Yep, <laughs> and, and, uh, and we, we got him in there, and it was, it was so great. At one point, I said something a little off-color, and he leaned over to me and said, Language! And I was like, <laughs> 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 oh, don't listen to this episode of the podcast, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we had kids in the audience, so it was, um, uh, I mean, what I wanted to go to him is, I said bone, not fuck, but I didn't <laughs> Oh, that was about me. Yeah. Oops. It was. <laughs> anyway, so. Thank you, Dr. Paul White. <laughs> language. Anyway, but uh, Carrie was moderating. Cap wouldn't approve. Cap would not approve, and so I apologize Aww. to Steve Rogers, wherever he was, for my off-color remarks. But he was in my dreams. Carrie was an amazing moderator. He was out on the floor getting people's questions. He was fantastic. He was abs- He's been the best moderator of anything I've seen the entire con. Like yeah. he, he's just absolutely fantastic. And like Carrie made my day the first time he saw me. I'm like Carrie, great to see you. And I like reach for his hand. He's like, nope. Come here and like grab me, gave me this. Brothers huge hug. don't shake hands. Oh, no, Brothers just, like, got a hug. I was like, oh, thanks, Carrie. I was like, it was so great after traveling a thousand miles to be yeah. here from Texas, and it's like, it's like Chewy, we're home, and it was that Aww. moment. So it was like Aww. great. Yeah, it was. It was great to be among family. Uh, so other family we had on the panel uh, included Rebecca Frost from Ooh. Hello Sweetie. Oh, Rebecca, like I cannot tell you. How much you inspire me to make myself a smarter person. Because you're just amazing. She's great. We love her. So, uh, that was that was absolutely amazing. Uh, we just, we talked a lot about the philosophy of Cap. And, you know, what his place is in the universe is kind of the moral compass of all of Marvel. And then a little bit about Captain America's Civil War. Um, you made me a little bit Team Cap that day. Aww. I'm so Just proud. Saying. Just saying, a and, little bit. And you made me a little bit Team Tony. Yes. So thank you. You you have been the one making me a little bit Team Tony. Well, and a little bit that last I'm a little bit Tony. I'm a little bit Captain America. Yeah, so awesome. Uh, yeah, that was, that was by far my favorite panel, and it was a packed room. Uh, late I Friday almost night. didn't get a seat in it. Yeah, everybody, all of y'all almost didn't get a seat. I know. That was crazy. I was like, a, a, there was a certain person who shall remain unnamed who was sitting up in the front row, and I'm like, can we like get this guy out of here and give his seat to someone else? <laughs> skin suit? Yeah. We can say skin suit. We skin can. Skin suit's fine. Yeah, okay. I, I just, I, 
Uh, I, I dare not speak his name, LT Show Up. <laughs> it's like Voldemort. He just suddenly so pop up the So there's a the knock room. on the door. <laughs> Hello, Andy. Oh my I'd god, like someone to... literally just knocked on the door. I would like to wear your face <laughs> like a mask and do my little cookie dance. <laughs> Uh, so. That was actually one of my favorite panels I got to attend. I uh, just kind of yeah. show up and listen because uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Again, hats off to Carrie for being a fantastic moderator. And actually, he's kind of tied in indirectly with my favorite panel, which I'll talk about later. Uh, but yeah, it was really fun. Uh, it was just great interactions. Everyone was obviously having a very good time. And that's the biggest thing I can say with like, any honestly, panel, I have fun. Like, you guys know that I'm Team Tony. I have a whole page of notes from that panel. Because I learned so much and so many things that I need to read because I want to appreciate Captain America more. I'll, I'll digitize my copy of the old 80s X-Men vs. Avengers if you want to read that. Yeah, I do. That I, I love that. That I referenced. That I was, love that. Uh, you know what? Most of those panels are on an article I wrote on Big Shiny Robot. Go, go to BigShinyRobot.com and look up why I love Captain America. And there's two parts. And um, there's a bit in there about. Do we have to search your name or just why I love? No, you can just do why I love yeah. Captain America. Cool. You can even throw that in Google. Screw my name. There's, there's no way to find me on there if you like typing <laughs> citizen boss. You so much garbage. Yeah, and you yeah. probably get some porn. Ooh. <laughs> I, Searching I, that. Tell me about this porn. Well, I guess that's true. It's like you know, if it exists, there is porn of it. So I'm sure somewhere there is porn of my big shiny robot avatar. Well, if not, let's make that happen. I'll tell you off the air what that uh, what, challenge accepted. Where the logo was came from. So that's, ha. but that's definitely off the air. So yeah, uh, Brooke, what was your favorite panel you were on? My favorite panel that I've been on. Um, honestly, I expected it to be the Rocky panel. I was so excited for that panel, and I still really enjoyed it. Like Andy and I had a lot of fun on that panel. And I was actually at the door waiting because my panel was next, and I was kind of going in and out. And of the whole people up there, you two were just having a blast. I can yeah. tell that. Yeah, we, we were really awesome were. in that panel. And then the I was really funny. <laughs> I, you I were really funny, funny, and I was really funny. <laughs> I know we were. We were laughing at our own jokes, and the other guys were so serious. Um, but my favorite panel so far has been the uh, non-compliant feminism and geek culture. Yes. Panel. Like, and I had to miss that one because I was. My car decided to get a flat tire, Aww. and we were going to be late. I will tell you, we threw down on that panel. We talked about so many things. And here's the thing, like, obviously by now, if you've listened to me on this podcast before, like, I'm a feminist through and through, and I say the word... You because are? Because I'm a feminist. Well, from a feminist point of view, like, I just can't help it. And that panel, there's so many smart, elegant, witty, beautiful women sitting on that panel. And I don't mean, like physically even though they are all very attractive like just beautiful souls like the the women that were sitting on that panel we covered so many topics from being non-compliant um which is a theme that we took from the bitch planet comic book series if you haven't read it i don't yeah. care what gender you are go and read it and actually what so just for so everyone's aware what does non-compliant really mean so it's a group of women who um have been sent off to another planet because they are non-compliant to society. So they've broken the rules, people are mad, they send them off to this prison planet to live. And it's it's a really, really important piece about our... Um, gender roles in society. Yeah. society gender and roles what? and also our like prison system, yeah. which is totally fucked up. Like, there's this book... It's about why I would rather be flogged than go to prison. Like... 
flogging versus prison time. And when I first heard the title, I was like, what? And then I listened to this hour-long session on um, Radio West with Doug Fabrizio talk about this book. And, like, straight up, we should start flogging people again. Like, that is a so much better solution than our prison solution is right now. I don't I don't want to be in favor of flogging. I'd like to make our prison system less bad. Read the book. Yeah. The book and the just listening to the one-hour article. So, anyways... This this comic book series covers so many very, very, very important issues. And being non-compliant means, for some reason, you have fought against what society has told us to be. So we opened the panel by saying why we we're non-compliant. Like me, I'm non-compliant because of my whole freaking life. Like, I am a bisexual woman who is living with and raising her daughter with her daughter's step or half-brother and his mother. So, like, <laughs> that right there makes us pretty non-traditional. Sounds like a sitcom. Yeah, right? Yeah. But it's working, and I have a boyfriend. I'm Democrat. He's Republican. Like, there's nothing about us that should work. Like, nothing. That's totally a sitcom now. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> you throw it all together, and then Wait till we his have... wacky neighbor comes over. <laughs> <laughs> we have all of our Played friends, but... Like, or Shannon. <laughs> yeah. Our, my whole life has been fighting against things that are supposed to be typical. And this panel... We talked about being, like, outside of the mold, being able to swear and still be feminine, being able to be a tomboy but still be feminine. Um, what makes you a true feminist? Is it having babies? Is it not having babies? Like, whatever you choose to be, the type of woman you are makes you what you are. And we talked about rape culture. We talked about um, the strength of women. We talked about so many things with so many beautiful people. And it's by far, of all the panels I've sat on ever, my most favorite, and the, and the one was, that I am the most proud of. That was my favorite one to attend. So yeah, that was great. That was That's great. it. Yeah. That's mine. Read Bitch Planet. It's awesome. Actually, I, I do own the uh, well the digital version of the first uh, issue because when I signed up for Comicsology again, back when I had an iPad before I returned it, because I get buyer's remorse really really easily, which is why I can never buy like a sports car because I bought an Xbox and felt bad. Yeah. Uh. Uh, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I will say that I was introduced to Bitch Planet by the uh, Mr. Jeremiah Lupo from Volt's Comic Books. Hi, Jeremiah. Is in Hi, this room right now. If any of you ever need any advice on comic books, I didn't think I could read comic books before I met this man, and he has changed my life. <clears throat> so, no, and, and Jeremiah's awesome. Go to Volt's. Yep. I mean, I guess I guess he is kind of my roommate, so I kind of have to stick up for him sometimes, but... <laughs> it's not my roommate. I'll step Not up mine, for him I still. still love him. Yeah. How so, about you? My favorite panel uh, was very surprising to me. Um, it was the Doctor Horrible panel, which actually was right <gasps> after your Creed panel. Yeah. And he, he, here's the problem. Well, the problem with panels at any kind of Comic Con is the opening morning ones are always kind of sparsely attended because one, people want to sleep in, or you know, at the they're same still time, in line. They're still in line, waiting well, to get in. It's Friday morning. Some people are still working or in exactly. So I was, you know, I was a bit worried about turnout, and also the Jillian Anderson panel was the same time. Yeah, which that's it. I'm not complaining. Like that happens. You know, you're going to have conflicts. Yep. So I was a little bit worried about how it was going to, you know, be attended. Um, actually, we had a really good turnout, and then also this is the only panel I've ever been on where I didn't at least know someone there, and I was moderating, and you know, I was. You know, you can ask everyone I was talking today, like, last night was our first night in the Monaco, and I never sleep well the first night in a hotel. I just have trouble right? getting used to the bed and the light situation. And I kept on having recurring nightmares that I'd show up and everyone, all the panelists would yell at me because I fucked everything up or 
I didn't prepare a PowerPoint, or Aww. I slept through it all, so <laughs> I was nervous as hell going in. And then to find out I didn't know anyone. But, you know, Crom bless Carrie Jackson, because I was with you guys at the, the Captain America panel, and it was the first time I'd ever I'd ever seen a moderator use a wireless microphone, walk around the, the room, talk to the audience, get them involved. And you did so well. You and did so well at it. Every single yeah. time I've been up there on the, on the table, and I was like, I can't do this. So I went to the... The audio guy's like, hey, can you... Do you have a wireless mic? He's like, for questions? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do some stuff with it. So, got up there, got that, I let everyone know, like, hey, we want you guys to participate, please give questions, put your hand up, or just something to say. And then, these people who I didn't know, and I had no clue who they were, what was going to happen, the moment I got into it, boom, they just lit up, and they ran with it. I mean... It was really cool because I prepared about it's 12 questions. It's like you questions. switched the light switch. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. Is, just the energy came alive, and everyone was just excited, and it was fantastic to be there. And it's always annoying when you're a panelist or a moderator, and you've made up a bunch of really good questions. It's cool and annoying when they segue perfectly into the question you were going to ask next, <laughs> and then they run with it. It's like, crap, that was my next question. Um, but no, it was so much fun. Brooke, you know, you actually got to make some good points, and a lot of people at the panel had never actually even seen it. I'd say I hadn't good, seen the movie. Yeah, two thirds of the people had not seen it. And they were just kind of there because their boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever dragged them along. Um, but no, we got a lot of good insights. I mean, I got to look at the characters in a way that I'd never seen before, and it was just a ton of fun. And everyone just—it was just—it was a very joyful. And at the same time, we delved into serious issues. About, you know, uh, maybe having a bad childhood, maybe being bullied, um, big issues that everyone's dealing with today. But we still had fun with it, and we still got to laugh and joke and talk about yeah. how crappy George Lucas is. And <laughs> so, yeah, that was. Joss Whedon is. Yeah. yeah. So. There was a lot of Joss Whedon love in that room. Yeah, a lot of Joss Whedon love. We brought up pretty much everything he's ever touched. Uh, every yeah. single movie, TV series, movie, yeah. except Roseanne. No one talked about Roseanne. Well, but or know. Alien Resurrection. So, wait, wait, yeah. was he a part of Roseanne? Yeah. yeah, he was one of the he was one of the head writers. Can the I show. tell you, I love that show. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Except for the end, I hated the end. Uh-huh. Um, but no, it was it was just it was a complete surprise that it would go that smoothly, considering that I was, for some weird reason, so nervous going in, even though I knew I shouldn't be. But I would say of all the panels I've done, all the Comic-Cons and fan experiences, I had the most fun, and it was the most vibrant, and the most well-received and played one we've been on. So um, thank you two for both for showing up for that, and I just had a complete blast. Yeah. yeah, I, you know, I loved sitting in on the Captain America, the panel panel, and I loved sitting in on your Doctor... Like, those were my two favorites outside of the un- non-compliant one. And, and I will say the only reason I liked the non-compliant one... The most is just because I felt like I got to say a lot of things I've been wanting to say for women everywhere. But yeah. but outside of that, like your two were so fantastic. You guys are amazing. Yeah, I, I want to give a brief shout out to since you both have called out other panels that other people have been on. Uh, the Star Wars bullying and gatekeeping panel. Which I really wanted to be on. Aww. I really, really wanted to be on. Really? Was, yeah, I really liked that one because everyone, everyone was in a great space and everyone was like yeah, we need to change how we interact as fans so that we stop I'm arguing I'm so glad to other. hear that. I felt really unsure about that panel when I left it. I like, really, I really didn't it. do a good you, job. I'll tell you what. You and Deborah and and Dawn were the anchors of that panel. Aw, thank you. The three of you really held that together, and, and you did a great job. Brian was good. 
that it, you know it's his topic, but he was moderating. Oh, he's listening. He's listening to this anyways. This, <laughs> these, these movies aren't made in black and white, so he won't listen to them. Or by George Lucas. <laughs> so, but um, I knew the moment I was in that panel and someone said George Lucas, and I was like, no. <laughs> Suddenly, somewhere on one of the panels, George uh, Brian was like. I said something. <laughs> a disturbance I've not felt since, and then... Someone said, George Lucas... And then Lucas. he just, like, disappeared, and his clothes fell to the floor. Yeah, I've been in a week <laughs> Yeah, I love that. It's, I love that know, in the elevator. If you haven't come to Fanex or to Comic-Con in, in our city or any city that you live in, like, do yourself a favor, whether it's Wizarding World or... Or any con, like go enjoy it. Like you, I didn't understand, and that was when Deborah Johnson did an interview with panelists afterwards, and she was like, "Why is it that you do these things?" And I was like, "Honestly, I didn't understand why people went to panels. Like, I was like, what a waste of time. I want to walk around. I want to see people in cosplay. The very first panel that I ever sat in on was the Princess Bride one." Um, Carrie Always? Yeah, it was Carrie Always. Where, where Jimmy interviewed him? Yeah. Not, yeah. And he like kept this like, everybody download my book. And that's before I knew any of you guys. And I was like sitting in that panel and I went, I have watched this movie. I don't know how many times. And I have read the book, The Abridged, The Unabridged. And I am gaining. Oh, honey, The Unabridged, that was taking you about a year. It did. It was long. There's like 200 pages of when the queen goes on vacation. And I didn't court. have friends. I played the tuba, so you know, I read the whole thing. But while playing the tuba, I guess I was and, they, and they were sad songs. No, I, I, I didn't have friends. <laughs> but I sat in that panel and I went. In 50 minutes, I have learned things I have never imagined I could learn. And if you've never been to a panel, just sit in one, pick one, anyone. Just go into oh, yeah. one. Because the first Comic-Con we had up here, I didn't go to panels either. You will learn, you will experience, you will bond. Like, come to a con wherever you are and enjoy it. And those, it was awesome. Yeah, and, and then uh, the first fan experience, you know, two, two years ago now, was the first time I ever went to a panel. And then I was like, I get it now. This is, that for me, as much fun as it is, like you said, seeing the cosplayers. That was the same And finding some really cool toys and collectibles and meeting celebrities and getting photo ops. The most fun and the most enlightenment, enlightening things I've had happen to me at a con were during panels. Because, I mean, yeah, there are professionals up there, and you got people who are, like, you know, Pablo Hidalgo was up there for a Star Wars panel and for yeah. a comics panel. And then you get someone like me up there who, you know, yeah, I'm a film critic, I watch a lot of movies and, you know, and write a lot, but I'm not what you would call, like, I'm getting paid to do this, I'm not some big name. But I get to go up there and have fun, and, and people respond, and it was really cool to have. A positive response People come up And like Dude I've, I've been to Every single panel You've ever done Aww. It was so cool And I was like Me? What the fuck Are you calling me around for? Like, Do I need to call secure? Are you skin suit? You're skin suit aren't you? You're wearing your face skin suit. So, But yeah If you go to a Comic Con Go to the panels uh, And if you were there And you happen to see Any of us around You know Come up and say hi We'd love to see you um, We'd love to have you Your input Um but yeah, just it's it's so much fun, and it's worth it's worth you know the maybe twenty minute wait to get in. Um, we got to see people play Family Feud tonight, and it was just <laughs> hilarious, and it just, it just fun. So the bottom line is, if you get a chance, go to one of these things. Just you know, don't judge. Go there. Just kind of let your mind wander. Yeah. And I guarantee you, you'll have a complete blast. Yeah. Be a part of the community. I wanna I wanna give a shout out though to the specialness that is Salt Lake Comic Con though because. Brooke, you're absolutely right. Go to whatever Comic-Con is closest to you if you can. But there's a reason I came a thousand Aww. miles. This 
is Dashoff. So it's yeah. Jeremiah's sweet ass. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> but, um, you know... The, it gets us all. <laughs> uh, but there is something special and different here, and the way that fandom relates to each other. And it's great. I brought I brought my uh, Who Virgin uh, podcast co-host, Mark, up from San Antonio. He's never been to Salt Lake before. And he's just like, whoa, this is so totally different, even compared to like his Alamo City Comic Con. And like uh, last Halloween, Cat and Jimmy Martin came and stayed with us in Austin and went to Austin Comic Con. And they're just like, it's so totally different. And so Brian Brandenburg and Dan Farr and everyone and Ryan, else, Call. Ryan Call and every other person who works their ass off and works their fingers to the bone to make this happen did an amazing job and thank you, thank you, thank you for making something special. Yeah, and, and that's and that's yeah. from I mean every, everyone I've seen has had a big smile on their face. Have there been some hiccups? Yeah, and I, I but you can't not expect that with an event of this size. But yeah, if you're ever in town or you're close by. Uh, Salt Lake Comic Con is will be in September the first week. I guarantee you, if you come here, you will find something to love, something to do, and and look you will us have up. A complete blast. Yes, yep. and look us up. So, yep. all right. Well, uh, that's it for this week. Next week, we'll be back with your regularly regularly scheduled, family friendly, less drunk episode. Yes, yeah, um, I, I apologize for my language. <laughs> Queen swearsy over here. Um, and next week, actually, I'm sorry. For for Salt Lake, we're we're pretty small. I mean, I think everything's kind of scared of Batman. Even yeah. though it's getting mixed reviews, it's still tracking to make a ton of money. And see it; it's worth it. Yeah, so, and see an IMAX if you can. It's so fun IMAX. I'm. Well, I think we might do a little bit of a reversal because right when I get back to Austin, I'll get to see. I saw the light, and uh, everybody wants some and hardcore Harry. Yeah. And Demolition is so, the only thing playing up here next week. So we, so we could potentially talk about those. I don't know if we will or if we'll wait until they're in a wider release. Um, some of those Austin's getting early. Everybody wants some because Austin is basically a company town for Richard Linklater, so we're getting yeah. there. And actually, Demolition isn't out for two weeks, so even when we, we see it, we really can't do much with it. So, so yeah. But I guess go see Batman v Superman. I'm, I'm going to go see it. Yeah, I, I'm going to go see, see it, it again. Like, I, I understand all the bad reviews, and I'm going in with eyes wide open, but I'm going to go see it. So I, I feel like I have to. Yeah. And Me then one, one last thing. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Board is Hellcast. Also on Facebook at Facebook, uh, Board is Hell Podcast. We will be doing giveaways in uh, tandem with Big Shiny Robot for press screens. So if you want to see a movie for free, like maybe Batman v Superman or something coming up, um, that's the best place to go for that. And also, if you could do us a huge favor, um, if you listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher, if you take five minutes or two minutes or a minute, uh, just give us a quick review. That means a lot to us. It lets us know what we're doing well. Maybe some features you'd like to see on the podcast. Um, we're nearing our, our one-year anniversary, which is a pretty huge deal because you know a lot of podcasts don't make it this far. Um, we've been doing this for a while, and we're incredibly proud of what we've done, what we've learned, and the journey you all have come with us. So thank you all very much. Uh, hail Satan, and have a lovely afternoon. Tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key, he's gonna fly.